My name is Farida Amar. I am the creative director for Forecast Journal, and I'm based in Los Angeles, California. Hi, I'm Kaith Heller, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Forecast Journal, and I'm based in Philadelphia. This is the first issue that has been thematically devoted to the concept of freedom. And what's quite amazing about it is that I was so wrapped up in the issue, it's almost a third longer than any of the previous issues. And it made me think a lot about what liberatory thinking actually is. And I was struck again and again by how we have these sort of superficial ideas of the meaning of the word freedom. But as soon as I looked into it, I was really completely delighted and surprised to find out that the word itself actually is ancient. And it comes from an ancient Sumerian term called Amagi or Amaargi. I even found the original calligraphs and they're quite astonishing looking. They look um, a little bit like hieroglyphics, but it's a Sumerian term that can be dated to at least 3000 BC. And it's the first known written reference to this concept of freedom. And it also means manumission, which is the delivery of enslaved peoples to freedom and also the restoration of persons and property to their original state. And if you look at the actual origin of the word, um, the noun ama in Sumerian, it means mother. And then there's a present, present participle gi, which means return, restore, or put back. And so I was so thrilled to discover that this word that I've heard my entire life, freedom, actually means a return to mother, or even better, the original state of our being, the absolutely original, undiluted, pure essence of who we are. And I was really thrilled about that. And so the issue kind of continues from there. And I was really interested in finding writers who would think in a very radical and fresh way about what liberatory thinking actually means you know, considering that it's so old, as old as human history, and then it's also incredibly new, new approaches to the practice of freedom. They're rare, you know, and especially re relevant now after three years of pandemic globally and all these accelerating fascist ideologies. So I just feel like, you know, this these imaginative encounters with freedom from many different directions can um, help us think about new embodied philosophies of liberatory thought and also how to practice freedom ourselves. So I wanted diversity of thought and people and, you know, perspectives. And I also really wanted to think about how, you know, sort of reconsidering the whole idea of freedom could lead to these social, social transformations. Yeah, I think I was really surprised by this issue and maybe in a way that I hadn't been previously because I think I had my own like all of us do like I had my own idea of what freedom is for me I don't know I guess I had this idea that freedom was like a bunch of people holding hands in like some open field in like sunflower dresses you know what I mean <laughs> and I kind of was expecting it to be a bit uh cheesy and maybe kind of like hippie vibes and maybe political or whatever and and when I received the drafts of all the writing I was 
like, oh, this is not at all what I expected, <laughs> which is awesome, you know, and uh, it, it definitely made me expand my consideration of what freedom is and look at it from many different angles that I had never before considered. And um, I learned a lot, I think, from the reading this time. I mean, I'm not a writer, so I'm a reader. And when I read it, uh, I like when things get combined that I don't normally expect show me new pathways to similar landing places and so I was really inspired by the writing I was really so um so interested and surprised by the writers who um and also you know the way the the images also spoke to internal worlds you know I mean it seemed like freedom was being searched for within and that it was a process and that it was scary even, you know, um, and that it could be utterly solitary or communal, but that it had, but that there was an unknown to it, that there was a willingness to move into an unknown space of thought and of being. And I was also really struck by how the human body itself, which is so susceptible, so vulnerable, so prone to, um, you know, vertigo and laceration. It just remains this primary instrument that we have, you know, of all of our ways of knowing. And what is the way that the body knows freedom? You know, several essays investigate that. Um, so, I mean, uh, Jackie Wang's essay literally talked about ideas of prison abolitionist poetics and Fanny Howe was finding freedom in monasteries where she was transcribing her dreams. Um, Cornell West was, <laughs> he's so over the top. He wanted this, um, you know, he just spoke so much about this sense of delighting in one's subversive joy and in the midst of very serious um, struggle for rights and for moral clarity he talked about the ability to fall awake that can be cultivated. But then the body also, you know, we had someone writing about the first shocks of war in Ukraine and what it was like to be a dancer, you know, trying to help her friends who were all dancers in Ukraine. We had, you know, someone who was arguing against freedom and saying, you know, actually, no, I first, even before we talk about freedom, we need to talk about monsters. We need to talk about pain. We need to talk about colonialism and race. And um, even before freedom becomes possible. And it, we had someone who was a poet, Kristen Prevalet was working with trance poetics, which she created and hypnotherapy as a way of healing through language from trauma. Um, I wrote a piece uh, that brought forth a really early revelation text. And I was thinking about a friend's experiences of gender reassignment surgery and ecological crisis. So there were all these like radically different approaches, but they all sort of rotated around the human body and what it would be like for a body to experience freedom. And perhaps the most imaginative one, the most one of the most interesting ones was an artist, Miriam Simoon, who was just so boldly imaginative. She was undertaking this project where she created a kind of underwater training program to become um, 
a cephalopod, um, an octopus, and um, essentially to communicate and not only communicate with an octopus, but actually learn how to become one, see what she could learn from the octopus about its way of thinking and being and extend her own human capacity as a result. So all of these projects that the writers were engaged with and, you know, many of several of the writer writers were also artists too, like Miriam, but um, they were really thinking about how to expand the human body in different ways either through healing or through um, the senses. We sent out the assignments to the visual artists and wanted to see what they were drawn to and what they were connected with. And they kind of all uh, picked the things that they felt touched by. And I give them time to think about what they want to do or how they want to visualize it and like sit with the text and read it again and again. And um, all of the ideas that were coming in for you know, making the visuals for this publication were very personal and I would even say dark. They were um, heavy and intense and private and not politically motivated in any way. And that was really interesting because the issue on what a topic like freedom you'd think about society or at large, you know, and about how we all agree on these social contracts and justice and things like this. But um, every single one of our artists went to a, a deeply personal private place that really wasn't about anyone else. And it was so cool because it seemed like really unique, their perspectives on it, but also not cliche in any way, not um, something you've ever seen before, not what I would have expected. And there were a lot of kind of through lines appearing. And so the photographers, they don't talk to each other um, in the beginning. And they kind of just work on their own assignment separately. And I'm the only one that sees what everyone is doing. And there were like a lot of people wanted yellow, like everywhere. Yellow, yellow color. We actually had a photographer who built a yellow room and draped a dancer in yellow fabric it was all about yellow and then um, Rocky wanted yellow and I pushed her to try red because I didn't want an entire yellow publication. There were a lot of people who wanted yellow and I was like, what is, why would yellow be the color of freedom? You know? And so these are things that I'm starting to notice, like um, kind of like red threads that connect things that, Oh, this is common. This keeps happening. You know, a lot of people wanted to do night shoots, things in the dark, only one model. Um, I think there was more darkness than we normally do. We had our first horror shoot, um, horror theme to shoot ever. And for that to be in something like freedom, which you would think would be like a happier topic, <laughs> you know, and it, we got, we got heavy and we got really dark. We got really personal. And, uh, and it was, it was interesting to see looking at these kind of fundamental pillars, I guess, of what makes humans humans. It was just kind of like what forecast is circling around all, at all times. Um, like we did uh, sustainability and we did uh, freedom and now we're doing love and then we're going to do death, you know? And so we're looking at these kind of larger themes and uh, there's no, like, there's no answer, you know? There's only more questions and 
people are not the same from day to day and being allowing yourself to explore growth means that you have to be open to a variety of different perspectives because they change just like you change. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're constantly, Kyth and I are constantly looking for the weirdest, most unexpected articles and the most kind of confident, outlandish, unapologetic visual artists. And we're trying to figure out how to throw them all together because um, we want to be surprised too. Like we also want to grow, you know, we don't want to make a thing that looks like how we want it to look. I think that's important. I mean, we want good quality work, but within that, there's so much space to explore. I just have a really short message about freedom. I'm also really hoping that this issue brings everyone who reads it to reflect upon what freedom is for themselves also. And I wanted to say that whatever freedom is, it's actually alive. And believe it's possible. Don't let it dry up <laughs> in you, but really dig deeper and deeper and let it flow more and more. I think it's something that can be cultivated even, you know, like a river. Maybe freedom is a river running through us and nothing is impossible. You know, I think that's one thing that freedom made me consider. Maybe, you know, one thing in your life has gone away, but there's something else that's emerging and that continues to be alive. And if you search within, if you search within your heart, I think you'll find that freedom lives in the place where you least expect it. 